My title for today is Legacy. The word legacy has several meanings and several definitions, but I'm going to share two of them with you. The first definition of legacy that I found is a gift by will, especially of money or other personal property. The second definition of legacy is something transmitted by or received from an ancestor or predecessor from the past. Now, I'm not just going to talk about legacy that people leave you property or people leave you money like an inheritance. That was one of the definitions of legacy is something that people will leave you, possessions that they will leave you. But I want to talk to you too about family legacy. And I want to talk to you about the legacy of a church. And I want to talk to you about the legacy that you will leave because you all interact regularly with your friends. You interact with coworkers. You interact with other students. And some of you are going off to college. Wyatt and McKenzie are finished. But you are going to interact with so many people. And every time you interact with somebody, you're leaving a legacy. They will remember you for the conversation that you had. They will remember you by the impression you left on them. They will remember how you handled stress. They will remember how you conducted your speech. They will remember how you responded to negativity or to positivity. You have a decision every single day to respond in a good way or a negative way. And that's what we're going to talk about. We're going to talk about legacy. We all have a legacy and we have family legacies. A lot of times they're called traditions. We have things that are passed down from generation to generation. Uncle Bruce said earlier that he was born in this and raised in this and his daddy did this. This is just what we do. This is the family business. This is, we just can't help it. I have no other thought process in my mind at church. I am going to serve. If the doors are open, I'm going to be here. And if I'm able to make it inside, I am going to find some way to serve. That is a legacy that was left. That is a legacy that was put before us. Um, this is a little bit sentimental and um, to me, and it's, it's very, very special to me when I talk about legacy because I like to talk about Brother Briggs and the legacy that he left. And the, the cool thing um, about legacies is people will remember you for what you do. One of the things that I love about Brother Briggs is how he always talked about the same thing. Even if his title seemed like it was going to be different or it was a different season, he always brought us back to the same attitudes and spirits. Love people, love God. Have the right attitude and the right spirits. And since I've been the youth pastor, and even before I was the youth pastor, when I was assisting Keith and Michael, one of the things that I have always harped on and always talked about is what? Do any of you remember what it is? The fruits of the Spirit. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, gentleness, meekness. And the last one is the hardest one. It is self-control. And self-control is something that is very difficult. And it is something that is going to impact our legacy. I'm going to share with you 1 Timothy chapter 1, verses 1 through 8. 
And in these uh, books of First and Second Timothy, there was a lot of teaching going on and a lot of, a lot of legacies being left. Paul, an apostle, and I'm sorry, I'm going to preface this, and I didn't tell you ahead of time, Michael, I don't know if it changes things. The version on the screen is going to be King James, and I'm re- but I'm reading from the Amplified Version. So it's going to sound a little bit different with me saying it, but it shouldn't be too difficult to follow along. Paul, an apostle, a special messenger, personally chosen representative of Christ Jesus by the commandment of our Savior and Christ Jesus, the Messiah and anointed. Our hope, the fulfillment of our salvation. To Timothy, so this is Paul writing to Timothy, my true son in the faith. This wasn't his biological son, but he's telling him, my true son in the faith. Grace, mercy, and peace, inner calm and spiritual well-being from God the Father and Christ Jesus our Lord. Now, I'm going to keep going, but I want to I emphasize this. This is a mentor talking to someone that he is leading. So for those of you who are leaving high school, there's some mentors from high school that you are now leaving behind, and they've spoken into your life. But I want you to remember that the mentors that have spoken into your life, do not forget what they've shared with you. Do not forget the Sunday school teachers that you've had. Do not forget your youth pastor. Do not forget what your parents or your grandparents have spoken into your life. Paul shares with Timothy some very, very important information. He said, as I urged you when I was on my way to Macedonia, stay on at Ephesus so that you may instruct certain individuals not to teach any different doctrines, nor to pay attention to legends, fables, myths, and endless genealogies which give rise to useless speculation and meaningless arguments rather than advancing God's program of instruction, which is grounded in faith and requires surrendering the entire self to God in absolute trust and confidence. But the goal of our instruction is love, which springs from a pure heart and a good conscience and a sincere faith. Some individuals have wandered away from these things into empty arguments and useless discussions wanting to be teachers of the law of Moses, even though they do not understand the terms that they use or subjects about which they make. Confident declarations. Now we know without any doubt that the law is good if one uses it lawfully and appropriately. I know that was a lot, and I read it in a different version than what we may remember. But is it okay if if I come down here? I know everybody's listening, but I want to look at some of y'all in the eye. And I know I'm not 65. But at 33 and a half, I can tell you that time flies. Me and Kimberly were looking at pictures of past anniversaries just yesterday, and it's so shocking that it feels like just yesterday we were counting down the days to our wedding. And now we've been married for 12 years and have three kids and, and, I, I st- and a dog. Thank you, Wyatt. I'm still shocked about that one. Um, I'm not an animal lover, for those of you who don't know why that was funny. Um, but my point is this. Life goes by so fast. At 12 years, we've been married 
4,380 days. I didn't do that on the spot. I used the calculator last night to figure it out. 4,380 days. And if you look at them as one day at a time, and you wake up every day and you realize this is not just a day that I have to go to work, or this is not just a day that I have to go to school, this is not just a day that I have to interact with my husband or wife or my kids, this is not just a day that I'm going to spend with my loved ones. Every single day is an opportunity to leave a legacy. Every single day you have an opportunity to love people. You have an opportunity to serve people. And remember, we want things in this life. We all have wants and desires and dreams and goals. I guarantee you, you love people, you serve people, you love and you serve God, God will give you the desires of your heart. All of the wants and desires and the things that you want for your life and for your marriage and for your children, love and serve people, love and serve God. God will fulfill all your wants and your desires more so than you ever could on your own. I guarantee it. I'm not saying it to brag, but I'm proof. I had different plans than what God had. I thought I knew better, much like what Brother Bruce said. He wanted to do something totally different. But it's so much more important when you follow what God wants for you than what you want for yourself. His ways are above our ways, and his plans are way better than anything we could plan for ourselves. And that passage I just read to you when Paul was teaching Timothy, he said, there are going to be people that come with all these weird ideologies. There are gonna be people that you interact with in college that have these different ideas about God. They're gonna have different ideas about how you should live. They might have ideas that are totally unrelated to any kind of religion. They might just say, forget it completely. I heard recently, religion's for weak people. And I said, yes it is. I am weak, so he can be strong. I am weak. And he is strong in me and through me. I'm not going to take it as an insult. I'm going to turn it around and I'm going to use a scripture. That's why knowing the word is so important to your faith. Because you can take it and you can use it to build yourself up. I told our Sunday school class this this morning. Anytime somebody tries to, to hurt you, or, or even more so, when you are talking to yourself, and I don't mean in a way that's going to make you look a little strange. I mean, when you are talking to yourself, when you are doubting yourself, when you are thinking, can I really do this? When you're thinking, should I really go through with this? When you are thinking, am I enough? Am I worth it? Do they really care? I'm going to ask you right now, make your decision today to quit talking to yourself in a rude way. You need to think of it Every time you talk to yourself, think of yourself as a best friend and you look at yourself in the mirror and you talk to yourself like you would motivate one of your best friends that you care about and you know that they have ambition and you know that they have goals and you need to look at them and you need to say to yourself, you can do it, Wyatt. You need to say to yourself, Evan, I got this. You can, you can call yourself Evan. So just, just look in the mirror and say, dude, you can do it. You can do it. Don't let this whatever it is, hurt you and pull you down. And I'm talking about anything that you interact with. I'm not just talking about weird ideologies that you're going to come up with that that you're going to be faced with in college or at work. I'm talking about anything, a test, a traffic jam that is bothering you. 
Anybody else get bothered by traffic? Just me? I gotta, my wife has to calm me down sometimes because she, and then she says, okay, Brother Briggs, calm down. What's wrong with these stupid people on the road, Brother Bruce? Hey, we, I, I rode with him recently, too. I'm not the only one who's guilty. But really, really, when you're going to face something you know is going to stress you out, guess what? You can plan ahead for it. And you can say to yourself, I got this. And why can you have confidence that you got this? Because you've been spending time in prayer and because you've looked at the legacy that you are leaving and a legacy that has come before you and you can say, you know what? I was taught that I can overcome anything because Christ Jesus is working through me. I was taught that I am more than a conqueror. I was taught that I have victory. I was taught that I am victorious. I'm not going to allow myself to wallow in pity or doubt because God has a plan for my life. That is what I want to remind you of and that's what I want you to say to yourself every time something is coming against you. And it's not just school or work. There's gonna be situations with your family. There's gonna be situations with your friends. There's gonna be situations with people you thought were your friends. And you need to be able to say, God, I need you. And then you allow God to speak to you and you remind yourself, okay, me and God got this. Amen? Now, I want to share this other scripture with you. And then we're going to look at some fun pictures. Do you guys like looking at fun pictures? Don't worry, guys. It's not secretly embarrassing pictures of you that I asked your parents to send me. I thought about that, and that would have been cool. But that's not it. I want you to remember, since we're talking about legacy, you will leave a legacy to everybody that you interact with. But there was a legacy left already by others. And in these legacies that people leave, we can attach ourselves to it and hold on to it, or we can forget about it. And that is what Paul was teaching Timothy. In Ephesians 2, 19, so then you are no longer strangers and aliens, but you are fellow citizens with the saints and members of the household of God. Since we're talking about legacy, I want to remind you guys of church and church family. Even if this isn't your home church, Evan and Mackenzie and Josie, I know that somewhere else is your home church, but you've visited here enough to know and understand that we all love you too. And I want you to know the legacy that whether it's this church or another church that you hold on to the legacy of the people that came before you. So we're gonna look at some pictures and then I have more scripture to share with you. But the first picture we're gonna look at Anybody know who those people are? That's Brother Briggs, Brother Leland Briggs, and Sister Mildred Maxwell. There's a legacy that they left whenever they had dinner on the grounds. And Brother Keith mentioned that we're going to be doing that again. It's going to look a little bit different. Um, We have a bigger facility now with an indoor kitchen and um, color photography. But because they did that, we continue to do it. And when they did that, it wasn't just so they could have lunch. You can go home and have lunch. It was so that they could spend time together. It was so that church family 
could break bread and fellowship. And I know break bread and fellowship seem like old-fashioned terms, but they are biblical. And every time you eat with your church family, you are doing something biblical and spiritual. Amen? So when we have dinner on the grounds coming up soon, I want you all to join us. Bring some food. And remember that that's part of a legacy that we're holding on to. We'll go on to the next picture. That's Brother Briggs standing in front of that building right there to our left, to my left, your right. Now, one of the cool things about this is that that was the original church building. Was it seven or eight people that voted him in as the pastor? Seven people. And Sister Mildred Maxwell in the previous picture was one of them. But that is where they had church. And when I was a kid, that's where we had kids' church and Sunday school classes. But now what's really cool is the legacy that was started by there being a church there now continues. This morning, the hyphen Sunday school class was over there in the big room having Sunday school. And Brother Chris Maxwell uses the same building for Celebrate Recovery. The legacy continues. Ministry is continuing in the same place where Brother Briggs was preaching. Now let's look at the next picture. This is a Sunday school teacher by the name of Sister Wanda Davis. And she left a legacy. How many of you, if, if y'all don't mind indulging me for just a moment, if you would raise your hand, were taught by Sister Wanda? Okay, and how many of you worked with her in ministry? How many of you worked at or went to her daycare? She left a legacy. I'm going to share a funny story about Sister Wanda, and I'm sure everybody, almost everybody else has the same experience if you were here. Um, if she walked up to you and did this, it didn't matter if your own mama gave you that gum. Sister Wanda wanted you to spit it out. You were not supposed to be chewing gum in this sanctuary. And she's, you would have to spit it out in her hand. And she would take it, and she would go dispose of it. I don't know if she washed her hands or not. She might have been laying hands on people a few minutes later with that hand. But she left a legacy. I will never forget her making me spit out my gum. It didn't matter who gave it to you. My mama gave it. I don't, I don't care. And you, and you spit it out because she said so. Let's go on to the next one. That is brother and sister Briggs playing a guitar and an accordion. I don't think we have an accordion in the band now. Does anybody want to take up accordion and continue the legacy? Now, this is such a special picture of those two precious, amazing leaders. You see, when, when they were pastors, Brother Briggs didn't just say, all I'm going to do is preach and teach. He didn't just say, okay, I'm going to pastor, and all I'm going to do is share this word. And any other pastor we have here is the same way. Brother Bruce and Sister Donna, Brother Keith and Sister Michael, any other ministry here, anybody that is involved, you know that you're not just going to do that one thing. You do whatever is needed of you to do. You do whatever is necessary, whatever has to get done. So he didn't just preach, and she didn't just pray. They also played instruments. I don't know how good they were. I wasn't alive in black and white photography time. 
Let's go on to the next one. I want to share with you guys some more cool pictures. Now, the two in the middle, do y'all know who that is? That's, a, that's Brother Bruce and Sister Donna. Y'all look just a little bit different. And that's Sister Donna's parents and Brother Bruce's parents. But there's legacies left. There's legacies left from a strong marriage. There's legacies, there's a legacy that they built as leaders that the rest of us can follow. And you guys are not married yet. But when you think about that, I want you to remember, when you wake up every day, you have an opportunity to love and to serve. I shared this with our Sunday school class earlier this morning, how as a husband, I still have a lot of work to do. And it's really tough because my wife is perfect and awesome at everything. And I still have a lot of learning and growing to do as a husband, but I want you guys to understand this. If you're not married yet, or if you are married, let me please just give you this advice. This is something that I heard recently. Somebody asked an older gentleman, how do you win fights with your wife? And there's no punchline. I mean, it sounds like it's setting up a joke, but the man answered. He said, you don't, number one, because what you should do when you realize you're fighting is you should both stop and realize that you're on the same side. And instead of trying to win a fight, you try to understand each other. You love each other and you serve each other. And that is the best way to end the fight, to love and to serve each other. So don't forget that. <clears throat> All right. I'm just kidding. Uh, I'm hungry, so let's, let's move on. Let's go on to the next picture. This is a legacy. See Brother Briggs and Brother Bruce, Brother DeVille and Brother Prince. Those men left a legacy. I cannot do what Brother Prince did uh, because my knee is still sore. But Brother Prince worshipped like worship was about to go out of style and he was going to get arrested for it. And that's a legacy he left. And I, we, we've all shared this before, but we also know Brother Prince as the, the parking lot preacher. How he would sit in the parking lot and, and, and talk to God and ask God to send somebody for him to minister to. And people would walk out and he would minister to them. He would talk to them. He would pray with them. He would share God with them. Remember, each and every day we have an opportunity to love and to serve. And even if you don't sit in a parking lot, you're going to sit in a classroom. You're going to sit on a job site. You're going to sit around with your friends and your family. And you have the opportunity that morning to say, God, send me somebody to minister to. And ministry doesn't always look like this. In fact, this is about 1% of ministry. Standing in front of you for 30 minutes talking is a, is a very small part of ministry. You can minister to people each and every day by following a legacy that other people left. Do the same thing. Find somebody to love on. Find people to serve. Was there one more, Michael, of those older ones, or was it the next group? I don't remember. Okay, so let's move on. I want to share with you another passage. This is 1 Timothy 2, 1 through 8. 1 Timothy 2, 1 through 8. 
First of all, then, I urge that petitions, specific requests, prayers, intercessions, prayers for others, and thanksgivings be offered on behalf of all people, for kings and for all who are in positions of high authority, so that we may live in a peaceful and quiet life in all godliness and dignity. This kind of praying is good and acceptable and pleasing in the sight of God, our Savior, who desires all people to be saved and to come to the knowledge and recognition of the divine truth. For there is only one God and only one mediator between God and mankind, the man Christ Jesus, who gave himself as a ransom, a substantary sacrifice to atone for all the testimony given at the right and proper time. And for this matter, I was appointed a preacher and an apostle. I am telling the truth. I am not lying when I say this, a teacher of the Gentiles in faith and truth. Therefore, I want the men in every place to pray, lifting up holy hands without anger and disputing or quarreling or doubt. We leave a legacy when we pray as well. And Paul was teaching Timothy how to pray and how to conduct yourself in prayer. I do have a couple more scriptures I want to share with you, but these are a few pieces of advice that I want to give you. Uh, A couple years ago, whenever I did one of the graduation services, I had a list. I don't remember how long it was. It was 15 or 20 things, and it was just little pieces of advice for adulthood, and this is similar to that, but these are phrases that I want you to learn and then apply them to your life. The first one is tough. Are you guys ready? And if you guys already all know this, then I apologize. If you don't, maybe you could apply it too. The first one is I could be wrong. Learn that and apply it to your life. It'll save you a lot of arguments and heartache and heartbreak. Learn to say when you're in a dispute with somebody, I could be wrong. Arrogance doesn't look good on anyone. The next thing I want you to learn how to say and apply it to your life is, I'm sorry. Even if you're not at fault, be the bigger person and move the relationship forward. Number three, learn this and apply it to your life. Let me help you. Let me help you. Anytime you can help someone or show kindness, you should do it because that's what Jesus would do. Number four, If you are far from defeat, I'm sorry, if you are defeated, you haven't lost, just learn and move on. If you are defeated, learn and move on. Number five, your attitude is contagious. Is yours worth catching? Your attitude is contagious. Is yours worth catching? Carry yourself like a Christian. Don't just call yourself one. Carry yourself like one. I've told the youth group so many times before, you can sit in a garage and say you're a car. That doesn't make you a car. You can lay on your back and pant like a dog, and somebody can come rub your belly. It doesn't make you a dog. Okay? You can sit on a pew and say you're a Christian. That doesn't make you a Christian. Carry yourself like one. Amen? Amen. 
And this one is a little bit tricky. Number six is the last one, and then I'm going to move on with some scripture. Number six, you might not be what you say you are, but what you say you are. I'll read it again. You might not be what you say you are, but what you say you are. The words you use are important. The words that you use are important. How you speak to people will show exactly who you are and the character that you have. How you talk to people and how you respond to the good and the bad will show others who you really are. 1 Timothy 4.12 says, if, sh- if you should be an example to the believers, I'm sorry, you should be an example to the believers in speech, in conduct, in love, in faith, and in purity. Proverbs 22.6, train up a child in the way he should go. Even when he is old, he will not depart from it. Now I want to share with you guys a few more pictures. These, these are really cool to me because as a youth pastor, and I really like the word legacy, and I like history, and I like looking behind, and I like looking ahead, and I like, I like to plan, and I like understanding what happened before me so that I can plan for what's before me. Do you, does that make sense to anybody? The um, youth ministry at this church, and this doesn't happen at everywhere at every other church, but the youth ministry that's happened at this church has always been from a couple at this church, right? And a lot of other churches, they, have, they hire a youth pastor to come in and be in youth ministry. And I know it's not about me today, it's about them. But as the youth pastor, I want to talk about legacy a little bit and honor legacy that was left. And the only other youth pastors that are here today, other than me and Kimberly, are Keith and Michael because some other ones are on vacation. They're still here at the church, but they've on vacation or they're on their vacation or they weren't able to be here. But I want to show you guys some pictures and I wasn't able to find one of Brother Arnold and Sister Beverly Merle, but those were our first youth pastors. If any of you were in the youth ministry when they were the youth pastor, would you raise your hand? Brother Terry Monroe, Sister Terry Tradewell. Brother Arnold and Sister Beverly were our first youth pastors. So here's some cool pictures that Sister Michael helped me with of some other youth pastors. That's Brother David and Sister Cindy. They were the youth pastors after Brother Arnold and Sister Beverly. If you were in the youth ministry when they were the youth pastors, would you raise your hand? It's a handful. Okay, let's, let's look at the next one. There's Sister Lana and Brother James and their kids. If you were in the youth ministry when Brother James and Sister Lana were the youth pastor, would you raise your hand? Each of these couples left a legacy and they left people and they taught people. And, they, and, and let me tell you something else. Whenever youth ministry is happening, and I know not everybody will understand this and and I apologize if you do, and I'm, I'm, think, I'm thinking it too deep. Youth ministry is not just preaching to them a catchy sermon on a Wednesday night. I do my best to do that. But there is so much more. 
there are phone calls, late night text messages, stress, praying. I think I pray. I think I get. Can you pray for me? Texts more in the last four years than I ever have in my life because I'm their youth pastor and I love to pray for them and I'm there for them. But in that, we leave a legacy to the people that we are, we are serving because that's what it's about. It's about serving. Let's look at the next picture. That's also when Brother James and Sister Lana were the youth pastors. They had some music, a music gathering going on. You see, they served in so many ways. It wasn't just on a Wednesday night with a youth sermon. It was at their house. It was trips. It was prayers. It was music. It was advice. And the next one, this is one of my favorites because a couple of our graduates are in that picture. Tangela, Hopi, do y'all see yourself up there? Unfortunately. <laughs> All right, we can go to the next one. This one I thought was really cool. This, I believe Keith and Michael were the youth pastor, or no, you were not the youth pastor yet, but they threw you guys a, this was your wedding shower, and that is in this back room before we had the Leland Briggs Center. Y'all see those uh, beautiful brick walls? And Ben still had hair. There's TJ and Brandy. You guys are right there. Jenna's in the picture. Morgan is right there, front and center. John Thomas. There's a legacy that each and every one of these youth pastors left. Every time there's a group of people that is spending time together, loving on each other and learning together, there's a legacy and there's memories. Let's go on to the next one. This is another one. This was just a few years ago in 2015. This was when Brother Keith and Sister Michael were the youth pastor. Just a couple years before uh, they forced me to do it. I'm kidding. But there's a legacy left with each and every one of these groups. There is love and passion put into what they do. Do we have one more? This was just a couple, just a few years ago. This is when Kimberly and I were assisting Keith and Michael not too long before they retired from being youth pastors. Now, they were the youth pastor, and I'm not doing this. I'm going to go ahead and say this now. I'm going to go ahead and tell you all this now, Uncle Bruce. I'm not doing this. Just me and Michael have had the discussion. Keith and Michael were the youth pastor for 12 years. I ain't doing that. I love you, and I love y'all. It's been four and a half. I'm tired. <laughs> but they were the youth pastor for 12 years. Do you know how many different groups came through their youth ministry that they left a legacy to, that they taught? Does anybody remember some great experiences from your youth pastor, whether it was Brother Keith or somebody else? Or let me take it to another level, a Sunday school teacher or kids church? Brother Allen, I saw you raise your hand earlier when you served with Sister Wanda. I remember being in kids' church over there, and you were teaching with Sister Wanda. I don't remember who else was teaching with y'all, but I remember the two of you. 
and I remember who taught me. I remember being taught by Sister Lana. I remember each and every person that, that served the church and did it because they love God and love people and they were doing their absolute best to leave a legacy to others. I think that was all of our pictures. This scripture, Proverbs 22, six says, and this is not just for parents. This is for everybody. And especially because we are a church family. This happens with the entire family involved, not just mom and dad. Proverbs 22, six says, train up a child in the way he should go. Even when he is old, he will not depart from it. There have been plenty of times where one of my kids was running around and brother Keith has stopped them or told them not to do something. And I don't mind. Most of the time I've already walked by him and seen him doing it, but really brother Keith has told him to stop. That's how laid back I am. But we are a family. We all train up children together, whether it's in Sunday school or kids church or youth ministry, people left a legacy for you all to follow. Each generation has leaders and examples to follow and it's up to the followers to apply what they have been taught and to make a decision each and every day when they get to a place of maturity to apply the leg what the legacy leavers left to them. So I'm gonna ask some people to come forward. If you guys don't mind, we're, this is how we're gonna pray. This is the altar call. We're not gonna run around and... Um, I just want today to spend a few moments in prayer over these graduates. And that, that can include the kindergarten graduates if they want to come up, parents if you want to come up with them, and our college graduates. But before they come up, Keith and Michael, if you guys would, um, right over here, I think your wife is coming down. Our other youth pastors that came before you weren't able to be here today. Kimberly, would you come over here with Keith and Michael? Dylan and Samantha, would y'all come? I haven't said this enough, and I don't know if anybody else realizes it, but Kimberly and I could not do youth ministry without Dylan and Samantha. As long as Dylan behaves himself, maybe they'll do youth ministry after me and Kimberly. <laughs> now graduates if you would graduates if you guys would come forward now this is where it's going to get really interesting if you have served in Sunday school or kids church would you come behind the graduates kids church or Sunday school would you come behind the graduates, please? Graduates, take a look in front of you and behind you. These people love God and they love you. And they have spent years of dedication 
and sacrifice and prayer and preparation, preparing lessons and snacks and, and wiping your boogers. And, and some of these Sunday school teachers are now wiping my kids' boogers. And they've taught me too. But what I want you to understand is there is a legacy everywhere you go and you are gonna leave a legacy too. And I want you to understand what this next scripture, I'm gonna share another scripture with you and I want you to understand what it's saying and I want you to do your absolute best each and every day to apply it to your life. These people in front of you and behind you don't do ministry to be seen. They probably did not love that I asked them to come up here today. But in a moment, those are the people in front of you and behind you who are gonna lay hands on you and we're gonna pray for you because they're legacy leavers. And I want you to apply the legacy to your life. But listen to this last scripture, Philippians 3, 14. I press on toward the goal for the prize of the upward calling of God and Christ Jesus. We press toward the mark, the goal. What is the goal? The ultimate goal is make it to heaven. But you know what's even better than making it to heaven? Now, I know that sounds crazy. I'm not trying to mess with your theology, but what's even better than making it to heaven is bringing people with us. And that's what these youth leaders and Sunday school teachers and kids church leaders are attempting to do every time they pour their heart and soul into kids and young people. It's to bring you to heaven with us. That's where we want to go. That is the plan, the goal. The diplomas are great. Congratulations, get them. But the absolute best thing you can ever hear is well done, my good and faithful servant. That is more important than anything else. Sister Weber said it best last week. She said, at some point I thought to myself, I didn't care if either one of my boys were as dumb as a box of rocks, as long as they love God. That is the goal, make it to heaven. Be smart and be successful. I'm trying to do the same thing. But even harder than that, I'm trying to make it to heaven and bring people with me. If the rest of you would stand with us and stretch your hands forward, we are going to lay hands on each of these graduates and we're gonna pray for them and ask God to lead them and guide them.